0: Welcome back to House of Wrestling, everybody. It's me, Nick Hausman. Come on in, take your shoes off, take your hat off, take your coat off, set your umbrella to the side here in the umbrella stand because, ooh, it's raining outside the House of Wrestling today. you got to shake your boots off here on uh, the little rug, the little mat in front of the door. Uh, i got some snacks on the table, and i got a fire lit here in the fireplace, and we got a great friend joining us here in the House of Wrestling living room today. We're about to talk all things professional wrestling with the one and only... Brian Wool. Brian, Bwo, thank you for taking the time to grace us with your presence here today. Oh, so
1: great to be here, Nick. I, You've created such a cool thing. It's so cool to be a part of it. And uh, what a way to cut through the gray, because I got to tell you, it has been gray in Los Angeles for months.
0: Yeah, no kidding, <laughs> right? Come on. It's nice in here. I got my Hue lights. I got their smart lights. For those of you who don't know, I can turn the lights on and off here in House of Wrestling. Just a uh, push of a button on my phone. Very high end here at House of Wrestling. Very warm, very inviting. And before we get going, b now, uh, you are a comedian, right? You're a lot of things. Comedian, writer, producer, a lot of things out in L.A. A lot of people listening to the show or watching the show here right now probably know you from co-hosting the Wrestling Inc. Daily with me. But other people may know you. You've done work with the Try Guys, uh, Keith Habersberger from the Try Guys. You do his mukbangs. Uh from time to time. You wanna talk a little bit tell everybody a little bit about yourself here that you may not know Brian Wool?
1: Yeah. So uh well I, I, I started uh back in Chicago doing improv uh famously with Never heard uh, of it. The you, you know, how about that? And and <laughs> uh and uh we put together some really great improv shows, myself with Keith Aversberger and our group Octavarius, which is now Moved to Los Angeles, and we've kind of spread out. Mark Musinski with Octavarius now writes for Dexter and is taking over that world. Obviously, he's on strike right now, as uh, is, you know, half the town. So, uh, But otherwise, I've been working with the Try Guys, uh, BuzzFeed. Um, Keith and I have always stayed together doing some sort of comedy things, and now we actually have a record coming out uh, next week actually for our off-Broadway musical The Wizard of Friendship uh, featuring Wayne Brady as the wizard uh, we've got Alex Brightman who played uh, uh, Jack Black's character in School of Rock the musical and he was Beetlejuice and Beetlejuice the musical and he was now in uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail uh, at the Kennedy Center this dude's a huge Broadway star so he's on there also, Deshaun Wesley, who is the host of HBO's Legendary, if you guys are familiar with the, the ballroom voguing scene. Uh, I did a little vogue there. That's from it's my. good. Book. It looked great. You,
0: you really hit it. <laughs> we'll kiki later. We'll talk about it. Oh, my gosh.
1: So, so there Deshaun's involved as well. So, yeah, we have this record coming out next week. And uh, I believe starting this November, uh, Lou Berger and I will be back on the road. But we've got so many things coming out with Try Guys, eating food, doing things that millions of people like, as opposed to the hundreds of thousands that still enjoy comedy.
0: Yes. All right. Well, there you go. BWO. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you guys got your dustpan and broom here because BWO just dropped a bunch of names all over the floor. Somebody's going to have to clean up the floor here at House of Wrestling. Jesus Christ, yes. BWO, very busy out in L.A., and we're happy he took some time to talk wrestling with us here today, which is something I know you're passionate about, Brian, and have a lot of opinions about. And uh, before we get into all that talk here today, uh, of course, if you're watching us right here, it's Thursday at noon Eastern. We do it again every Tuesday at noon Eastern. It's on Premier Streaming Network. If you want to see House of Wrestling in Technicolor, video form, the only place to see it in video form, you got to go over to Premier Streaming Network. You got to sign up for Premier Plus, and then you got to check it out. Every Tuesday, Thursday, noon Eastern, me a cavalcade of different great co-hosts talking all things professional wrestling. We love it. We're very happy to be here. A lot of great talent over on Premier Streaming Network. Again, Premier Streaming Network. Go up, sign up for uh, Premier plus to get this show Tuesday, Thursday, noon, Easterns. Also, if you're uh, listening or watching the show here today, uh, go over to houseofwrestling.com, H-A-U-S-O-F-Wrestling.com. Everything we talk about on the show here today, uh, I will have written about over on the website, so you'll get even more insight from me over there. And, of course, it'll give you a nice thing to pass around to all your friends, nice link, nice recaps of all the top news stories of the day. Uh, we do have the House of Wrestling podcast feed Uh, You can see us here at Premiere Streaming Network in video form. About an hour after we uh, have the video air on Premiere, we put the full audio on the podcast feed. So you can go find this audio and a lot of other brand new audio pretty much five days a week, Monday through Friday at this point. Uh, Yesterday, we had Megabyte Ronnie, uh, who is both a, well, now a retired pro wrestler, but is a competitive food eater. I don't know if you've ever seen Megabyte Ronnie in action, Brian. I have not seen him eat food. Oh, you got well. You obviously don't watch the Nathan's famous hot dog contest, hot dog eating contest, every Fourth of July like I do. Um, but it still he is on down. ESPN? It's on ESPN, baby. It's got George Shea on the intros. It's awesome. <laughs> I have I watch every year because I am a carny, and my wife and I watch it together. And we know who Megabyte Ronnie is because we watch him guzzle Glizzies. And now I finally got a chance to sit down and chat with Megabyte Ronnie. You know Ronnie and Keith should do something together. That's a great idea. He's like that Ronnie's like the like 34th best food eater in the world. I bet he could throw down with Keith any day of the week.
1: Oh, 100%. Keith's not really a man for speed. He's more of a, a distance and stamina guy. Mm. Uh, which is why we really can only do those like once a week at best. We we, we need a doctor
0: for him. Well, is then Ronnie we should. A doctor. <laughs> he Ronnie seems like well he's military guy. He knows how to take care of his body. So he's got a whole. Oh, we get into the whole. We get into the whole. How do you do this? How do you expand your stomach? How do you keep an eight pack while competitive food eating? All of it's all in nitty gritty detail to talked about in this interview. I love it. But what we should do is we should have Keith go mukbang on like an Olive Garden or whatever. He can eat all of this stuff. We'll see how long it takes him to eat it. Then we'll run it back with the same menu and see how fast Ronnie can do a Keith mukbang after the fact. Oh, my gosh. Right. <laughs> where's Where's Ronnie based out of? Where does he live? Look, <laughs> we on the air putting this together. Uh, Ronnie is, I think, I don't, I, I don't know exactly where. I don't know. We connected on, on, yeah. on a video. I never asked him what city he lives in. So, yeah. Well, I
2: can you know, find out.
1: 2024, we're going to travel a lot, so that's Ugh. that's that might be a really fun thing to do,
0: dude. You, would,
1: <laughs> you, I had
2: not even
0: thought about how your universe and Megabyte Ronnie's universe perfectly could blend together. So anyway, I'll give you his yeah. info off the air. Look at that, everybody! House of Rustling. This what happens? Comes in here. You cover the living room. Start changing, exchanging business cards around. All right, <laughs> let's get to it. Uh, let's get to it. Uh, it's time for some news. News you can use. News that will leave a bruise. I haven't said that in a million years, but since Brian's here, why not? Uh, we'll start with a Fightful report. I know this is something you wanted to talk about, Bwo. Uh, Jimmy Jacobs now, uh, according to Fightful, working full-time with AEW as part of the creative team. Now, Bwo, you had a chance to chat with Jimmy Jacobs a couple of years ago uh, for Wrestling Inc. when I was uh, managing editing at the time. What What do you think about Jimmy joining the creative team for, for AEW?
1: I really like Jimmy. He is a space cadet. And I think the, the, uh, the signing of Jimmy Jacobs to AEW is a major signal that they're looking to expand their creative team. I know that Tony Khan has always said, like, ah, oh, we don't need writers. We're not going to do this. Well, you know what? If you're bringing in Jimmy Jacobs, you're bringing in a creative brain. And that's why he's there. Don't forget... Jimmy Jacobs was on the WWE creative team from 2015 to 2017, which is a really, really fun time in WWE. Uh, he has a lot of experience with uh, uh, Eddie Kingston, John Moxley, uh, Taya Valkyrie. He was behind her heel turn at Impact. Uh, there's so many things that Jimmy Jacobs brings to the table as an odd brain uh, that I, I think it's a it's a completely logical. And awesome signing for AEW.
0: It he is, a, he is a great signing for AEW. He's a big loss for Impact, by the way, who, just, who he's no longer with, according to the, the report as well. Uh, I had heard for a while that Jimmy Jacobs was like the lifeblood of creative and Impact Wrestling, where he would get together with the other executives and the other executives are basically like, well, let Jimmy take care of it. That's uh, something I heard on multiple occasions. So big loss, I think, for them. Uh big game for AEW. I think you, you hit the nail on the head about uh Tony getting comfortable with writers, right? You know, I had heard Will Washington described to me by somebody as the first real writer hired by AEW. Um, and I think along with that may come a little change in methodology. I'm not gonna sit here and say that they're gonna be scripting all their stuff, but I am saying there are wrestlers that are better when they are scripted, they don't they know how to go out. This is something I've been thinking about more when I look at wrestling podcasts. Some wrestlers are not good with podcasts because not all wrestlers are necessarily good talkers. Some great wrestlers were great wrestlers, and they talked with their bodies, right? You sit them down and say, have a conversation with me, it could be all over the place, could be very, very boring. There's only, there's only really like a small sliver of wrestlers that really kind of could do both and are very, very good at it. So I look at talents like Punk and, and you know, uh, MJF, they don't really need the writers. Max may be a governor, but don't need the writers. Um, then I see talent like Jack Perry, who's openly talking about how he doesn't want to cut promos like Max and Punk and stuff. That guy, his dad's Luke Perry, probably would work very well with a Hollywood writer. You could maybe get a better Jungle Jack Perry out of that. So I think with Jimmy coming along, knowing how he writes, knowing how he formats scripts, working with Will Washington, I do think we'll see a little bit of tightening up uh, with the the promos and 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 the scripting here and the very new feature, just to piggyback on what you said,
1: and and it's someone who understands these people. You know, he's worked with Chuck Taylor, he's worked with so many of these guys and gals before. You know, and and he's worked in so many different environments, so he's able to meet people wherever they're at. I think this isn't just a writer that that um, is someone that's creative that Tony Khan's bringing in. This is somebody that knows the roster already. And is going to not only keep the machine running, but maybe help the machine run faster and smoother. You know, yeah, Um, I I think this is awesome. So, yeah. And uh, also, I have to say, as a former fan of Jimmy Jacobs podcast, I hope he starts another book club with with Brian Danielson. Them talking about Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Repair was hilarious. I love. Isn't it Zen and the idea.
2: Art of
0: Art? Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance
1: or Maintenance. That's what it is. Zen and the Dude. You got to slow repair.
0: down, man. You got to <laughs> slow down and think. Look, like, that is oh a really God. deep cut for you, literary nerds, right there. That joke that I just made—that's super. The book, the book is eight thousand pages long. The whole thing is about how you got to slow down and. I tried it. Whatever, I got like four pages, and I was like, "This is stupid. I'm not doing this."
1: It's oh, I love that stupid stuff. I'm so in. <laughs> Zen in the art
0: of si- Zen in the art of putting me to sleep talking motorcycles. Um, also, here uh, in the realm of AEW, uh, I don't usually recap uh, podcast interviews, but Tony Khan uh, did has said some interesting things this week. One of which he was asked on Barstool Wrestling uh about the rumored uh roster split which is something i talked to chris statlander about last week for for house of wrestling and she said a lot of what tony said here the only difference i think is that it comes from tony (laughs) and tony uh is the guy making the decisions and he didn't sound bound to a hard split but he was describing how he wants the shows to feel different he thinks the champions will go back and forth so just to you know kind of real quickly give my thoughts on this again i think we're i think we're heading towards a hard roster split once they can do it we're in this weird gray period right now where things are happening so so fast i don't think they can make that commitment but i think tony would like to make that commitment i think he wants two separate rosters
1: oh definitely definitely i mean think think about what aew looked like when it started and what it's like right now they're they're there are so many younger talents that just aren't getting seen right now. And with the absence of dark of, of dark and elevation, we're really missing out on some of the fun younger wrestler matches that, that just aren't really ones that are going to draw in eyes on television.
0: Yeah. And and I saw Andrade's comments yesterday. I don't I for, I apologize. I didn't write on my sheet, but I, I I don't I don't know who he said it to. But he was hoping to get two sets of uh titles. He thinks that there should be championships for collision, championships for dynamite, very similar to how Raw and SmackDown, I guess, is structured at the moment. He wants he wants two shows. He wants two brands. I, I think they've got the roster for it. Man, I think they have I was I'm sitting here, I'm doing a I'm doing a fantasy draft, by the way, with EJ Cameron tomorrow, noon Eastern on all the live we're gonna go live on all the House of Wrestling platforms drafting dynamite and collision rosters. And I yesterday had to put rules together for this draft, and I had to look at the all elite wrestling roster page and dude, they got a lot of wrestlers, man. They got they got at least, I think it's I think they got almost 40 women. They got like over 120 guys. How do you not have enough for two rosters? You know, right. that's what I
1: guess. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. I I think they totally can do this. I think there is enough talent. And I think there's enough people that do want to watch this stuff. I think, yeah. it, it, look, what was it? Like 40 million people watch the Bloodline thing on YouTube? Ooh. There's 60 million. It was something goofy. You know, people are watching this stuff. Mm-hmm. We're not crazy to, to suggest more content is a good idea. This is, I think they're doing the right thing here.
0: Well, last night on Dynamite, um, I definitely got the impression that the Elite is going to remain the central focus on Wednesday nights. They were in the Blackpool Combat Club mix. They were in the Will Ospreay mix. They were in the Eddie Kingston mix. They were in all the mixes. They were a mix. They were a cake mix. They were a delicious cake. <laughs> um, the uh, they uh, Fightful here put out a report uh, last night saying that the Elite, still in AEW uh, contract negotiations, um, they've gotten close to a new deal a couple times over the past few months, but haven't quite gotten the ball over the finish line yet. Many backstage feel they're going to resign. I have also heard that. I have heard people tell me that I am insane for thinking. Otherwise people are very much in the know. I'm still kind of out to launch on it. Um, we're not exactly sure when all of their deals are done due to injuries. So because of injuries, it, like Kenny Omega being out of the ring for so long, his contract could be pushed back. Um, and, and we don't know with other injuries that have happened with Hangman Page or the uh, or the Young Bucks, if there's any kind of movement on their contract being pushed back. For what it's worth, I, I have heard of other injuries in AEW, and I've asked talent, did your contract get pushed back? And they told me no, so I don't know if this is on a case-by-case basis or what, but so I, I would not blanketly be like, oh, this person was out for this amount of time, they're going to have that added on. I don't think that's the case every time, just saying. Um, and lastly here on this, uh, as has been noted in the past, uh, if Page, the Bucks, and Omega were to become available, WWE is interested from what Fightful is hearing, but they know they can't talk to these guys quite yet for legal reasons. That would be contract hampering. Of course. Of course. I, I, I have to say
1: I would not want to be a wrestler wanting to ne- negotiate their contract right now, uh, looking at what my friends in the WGA and in SAG are going through negotiating their contracts. So I, I would say, Man, if I were Kenny Omega, I would hope that my contract, uh, I don't have to negotiate this stuff until, you know, solidly in 2024. Because until these SAG and WGA contracts are negotiated, uh, streaming companies don't know how much money they're spending on shows. Uh, Right now, actors, writers, directors are not getting... uh, was residuals on foreign streaming deals so let's say you know they're showing i don't know spider-man in in italy tom holland isn't getting money on the streaming of spider-man in italy whereas so many people used to be getting money on that streaming and what's happening is these production companies are keeping that money and so like warner brothers discovery which is big part of AEW and you look at uh, Peacock uh, and whatever the WWE involvement is with possibly Disney, ESPN uh, they don't know what they're spending yet so both companies don't know how much money they have and so until these contracts start getting negotiated and they're, they start to understand how much money they're spending on uh, foreign streaming uh, uh, and even uh Domestic streaming, a lot of it's upfront fees. It's not really residual fees. And that is something that wrestlers have counted on for dec- decades of residual fees. You know, what yeah. happens when you, know, you sell VHSs and, and DVDs? Well, when we went to these over-the-top networks, the, you know like WWE Network, and now we're on Peacock, nobody knows how much money they're making. And this has been a really confusing thing for performers, creators. And that is what this big strike with the WGA and eventually, likely, the Screen Actors Guild is going to be. How far and, off is
0: that, by the way?
1: Uh, the Screen Actors Guild strike could happen as soon as maybe like two weeks from now. Yikes. Uh, and uh, I'd say July. July. Okay, I just yeah, about July. And when you think about this as a wrestling fan, so then you know that these major companies don't have scripted programming. So they're going to look to something unscripted, such as wrestling, to fill that void. And so wrestlers are in a unique position, but they don't know how much money they have yet. And they don't know how much money they're worth, but they're worth a lot. They're worth a lot.
0: Yeah. And well, and putting, <laughs> you know? putting value, putting value on worth is tough with wrestlers. I got into this with Conrad about a month ago when he was on the show, like, you know, who is over? How do you measure success? I'm solidly of the belief right now, if you can move the needle, if you could point to consistent quarterly returns where your content is doing better than other people's content, that is how you prove your worth right now. That's how MJF was able to do it. Right. MJF got very upset, said, look at the every quarter hour I go out there. Things go up, but I'm making a tenth of what the top guys are making right now. This doesn't make any sense to me. Huge argument ensued in order to get him back on TV. He got that top guy money, right? You know, and th- the problem with that is it's just so hard to kind of prove that worth. But that is how right now I think you're proving if you're over and if you're valuable. As you look at those, you look at those viewership metrics right now, because that's where all the money's coming from. When networks see a peak hour and they see a consistent peak hour with a the talent, they say, I'm willing to pay you more for that talent at that hour. That's that's how it works. You know, and I, and I know I've
1: gotten so far out from this, but circling back to the elite. Yes. When you look at people who right. move the needle, it's the elite. These are they, though? Move, yes, they do. OK. Yes, they do. I they don't are, know. I, I think they I think they are. I, I, I mean, I look know. at the
0: quarterly reports from WrestleNomics every week. I see the MJF bump. I see the MJF bump, right? I occasionally see other little bumps, but outside of that, the product—and I'm not saying this to throw shade on anybody or whatever—but the product outside of like that MJF bump, like that's it's it it does about the same for most segments across the board.
1: Currently, yes but I feel like that's because the elite had uh, a lot of the wind taken out of their sails with that CM punk business. Right. Uh, I I really do. But I don't think that that's made them lose their audience. You have to look at also the BTE numbers on YouTube. They're still delivering. They, they still have a strong audience. And uh, I, I think that the people that follow the elite would follow them wherever they go. And so I think they do have negotiating power. I think they do. uh, And think of the elite rejoining with Cody. Oh, my God. Yeah, it would be crazy. And, And WWE knows that they know how how smart that would be to do. So I I do think they do have a lot of negotiating power, and I do think they are needle movers. It's just right now we're rebuilding them, and as we're going into Forbidden Door, you know it's hard to deliver a long term story. We're building to this one off show, which is going to be one of the greatest one off shows.
0: Well, and 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 with Cody Rhodes, he was very much adrift in the AEW fold before he left for WWE, and the same point I make, the same point I'm making about the elite right now about how, uh, you know, again, you find yourself in this groove. You're not moving the needle how you used to, right? And you go over, you change your environment. All of a sudden, you are a mo- needle mover again. You reset your value. I think that's something that the elite are definitely weighing into consideration right now, just like I think Drew McIntyre is weighing that into consideration right now. Because Absolutely. Drew McIntyre, who used to be a needle mover, is now back to not being able to pop a quarter-hour rating because he's just another guy and how do you go back to becoming a needle mover proving your value you got to go find somewhere else where you feel important and you could go back to setting that and that is that's the balance we're feeling right now man this all makes a lot of sense the more we talk about it out loud <laughs>
1: oh 100 i mean can you imagine a <laughs> hangman page and kenny omega showing up in in wwe oh my gosh And I feel if you're going to say that they're not going to be presented as stars, I think that's goofy. I think they're going to be presented as major stars. They're going to do everything they can to make these guys work. The Young Bucks. Look, we had we had tag team wrestling, main event WrestleMania for the first time since the first WrestleMania. You know, like if you're going to tell me tag team wrestling isn't a priority in WWE again, I think you're crazy.
0: Look. I I'm 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 hit or miss with whether or not it's a priority. I mean, I think their their divisions not weak, but the look, the two top guys in the tag division in WWE are single stars that were thrown together as much as we all love Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, they're not tied to doing tag matches every week. They get split up into singles matches. The the emphasis on tag team wrestling is not there at the moment for me in WWE. Dude, it was in the main event. It was It doesn't matter they're two the singles. Yeah, okay. It could two singles guys got together and made tag team wrestling the main event of WrestleMania, and I and I love the Usos, but I think if you just said the Usos Street Profits are main eventing, that's a much different conversation. That's not what happened here. And look at look at uh, was what was going on with uh, Gable and Otis this past week? Were they in tag team action with Maxine Dupree? No, they're a bunch of singles stars working together now. Right? There's talking about splitting up the street profits. There's tons of buzz about that or turning them heel. I don't know. I mean, uh, you say the Viking Raiders? You say the Viking Raiders are a big part of WWE's content at the moment?
1: Come on. Look, they're getting consistent TV time. Tag team wrestling is getting consistent TV time. And, you know, look, maybe they're not being promoted as, as teams constantly. But I don't think it's a terrible thing to raise the individual profiles of the wrestlers in the tag team. I don't think that's a bad thing. And you know, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, they aren't just thrown together randomly. These are friends <laughs> They're who've been not friends a tag who team. over
0: a decade.
1: They've worked as a tag team before. They don't even have
0: a tag team name, Brian. They're just Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. They play one guy's music, then they play another guy's music, and then they walk to the ring side-by-side as a tag team. As soon as this run is done, they will go back to not the tag division.
1: The only reason they do that is because WWE is cheap and won't pay for licensed music. Because can you imagine
0: (laughs) I don't know. Are you kidding me? They want to keep these guys as singles acts. They want to to promote them as individual talents. (laughs) That is what is happening here.
1: I because that look because Vince is never truly gone there's that too but but Triple H does love tag team wrestling Triple H books tag team wrestling he cares about tag team wrestling and yes I know Vince is not truly gone but dude he's got it so much there's so much more focus on tag team wrestling than there has been in years like (laughs) it's I I feel like
0: I think you're overselling this. I think you are way overselling this. I think you're way, way overselling this.
1: Here's my thought. I think that if I were the Young Bucks, I feel like now is a better time than ever to go to WWE. Will they? Probably not. You know, most likely not. But I would say the atmosphere there now is the best it has ever been for them to make the jump if maybe. that were to happen
0: look i i think that i think that there is a definite starting point for them with cody the evps and hangman page at evening the odds against the bloodline who's for whatever reason are all back on the same effing page by wrestlemania time next year and maybe they have Tonga, right maybe that's the fifth man in their group you know i think there's a lot of money there they know that again how do you reprove yourself as a needle mover all of that stuff. I like that we ended this on an AEW note, by the way, since we are in the AEW block. We will get back yeah. to WWE here in just a moment. All right, one more AEW thing, and we'll jump back to WWE talk, and we can talk about <laughs> who's right, who's wrong about tag team wrestling. Um, I I loved this report here from Fightful. Um, Fightful noted yesterday that Tony Khan uh, did sign uh, the judge EJ Nduka, who you may remember from Major League Wrestling. He was also developmental talent at WWE. Six foot eight, two hundred eighty-five pounds, blue chipper, bodybuilder, former football star, young. The look. Uh, a lot of rumors about why things didn't work out for him in WWE. Do your own googling. He has denied many of them, but something <laughs> funky happened there. Um, then he goes. <laughs> then he goes over to MLW land, who signs him up immediately. Good call by Court Bauer. Uh, works at the Dynasty Tag Team Title Run with Calvin Tankman. Uh, his contract's up. Two weeks later, he does a dark match for AEW, and Tony Khan signs that, man. He has been under a contract since January, from what it sounds like, has not been on TV. I would think with Collision coming along, much like Thunder Rosa, much like Miro, much like Andrade, these names that have been waiting for an opportunity are finally going to get it, and I think that's what's going to happen with Nduka, who I love, by the way.
1: Yeah, yeah I man, it's going to be so much fun to see what happens with this Collision business. I think people have forgotten how, how tremendous some of these talents are that that have not been featured. And these new combinations, these new permutations, these new matchups. We are going to see so many fun things. The tough part is, is you know, how much is Warner Discovery going to focus on those Saturday night ratings? Because Saturday is not a night that people watch television. Yeah. I know. I know Saturday Night Live, that's a thing, but that's late. People are usually out at a show, they're out at dinner, they're out with friends at around the time Collision is on. So I, I think it's a wild thing that they're going to put Collision out like this. But heck, TV is a wild space right now. And if there ever was a time to try something, now is the time. And I think there's any, any chance to see these talents again God, Miro, Andrade. Just... to be great. Like, after WrestleMania 34, everyone was, was chanting Rusev Day constantly over and over and over again. And, you know, I know that was five years ago, but God, this dude can get over. You look at Andrade, he made Rey Mysterio look like he... It was 1996 when they wrestled. It was amazing. Yeah. Like like i and i have no doubt that they're going to be fantastic again i, I just hope people watch
0: we'll see what we, we shall see and booking is a big part of it right what they do is as important as who they are so with that said uh, let's move to our WWE block here sports illustrated they had a very lengthy report here our good buddy a report here good buddy Justin Brasso doing some awesome work um so he's talking about the new WWE titles why they did it what fans can expect we'll start here with the uh, Roman Reigns he's got this new undisputed WWE universal championship Uh, Paul Heyman though he may still get to he may still continue to carry both of the old defunct titles that Roman Reigns carried around the world title the universal title the blue and the red one um, just because apparently and this gets a little bit more into the weeds about the actual lineage of the title Roman carries so Roman is merging the lineage of the WWE championship and the universal championship So everything from the original WWE championship for Bruno San Martino's reign and all of that stuff, Hulk Hogan, that is the old title. The universal title is more of the new generation. So Roman Reigns has taken those two things and molded them together into one title that represents all of that history. And Seth Rollins is over here creating his own history now. And Roman will continue to stay the center focus of WWE programming through the summer with big matches like Roman and Solo versus the Usos and Roman Reigns versus Jay Uso plan. Uh, I just really like this because I really like the way this is explained. It makes this title sound hella important. I wish they did a better job of explaining this on TV. 100%. I
1: I like the idea of Paul carrying the two belts because, gosh, as, as a wrestling fan from the 90s, I was a huge Ultimo Dragon fan, and seeing him enter out with Sonny Ono carrying, you know, just belts on belts on belts
0: it's, uh, a, it's like oh, it's very games awesome. of it's a kind of game of thronesy for me right where it's like he Ooh, has yeah. his title but he's like building his throne on the skulls of his enemies like these titles don't even matter to me anymore i just keep them around because i know what they represent you know
1: yeah. i think that's so cool so yeah. i i do hope they do that i but my gut says to me The that won't last very long. I feel like it'll eventually be Paul getting rid of the other old titles, and they'll only carry the one that they want to sell.
0: Nah, I hope they keep it going, at least until this rain ends. I think him, Paul with both the belts, I like the whole thing. I think it looks great, be fine. We're all just waiting for the fall of Roman Reigns, whenever that may be. Um, also, and uh, uh, noting the new women's champions, uh, Asuka, she's expected, uh, after you know, really judging up this, I believe she's the women's champion and Rhea is the women's world champion. Is that correct? That, that was what it was
1: presented as on Raw.
0: Okay, there
1: you go. Pretty belt,
0: very pretty. Uh, Asuka, uh, her the expectation with her because she's more veteran talent is to establish this new championship and then drop it to a Young, up-and-coming star when the time is right. As of now, that person could be EO Sky, who uh, apparently won over Triple H, who I'm guessing was already a huge fan of hers uh, as he booked her at NXT. Um, But so the report goes here, really saw how much of a star she was in her match against Bianca Belair at Backlash. But in order for her to feud with Asuka, uh, you would probably have to turn EO babyface, which would mean her likely turning on Bayley. And then, ugh, the official... uh, Dissolution of damage control in the process. Ugh, so sad.
1: Well, with Dakota out, right? Isn't uh, how long is Dakota hurt for?
0: A while. She's she's gonna be out yeah. for several months, so yeah. she's off the table yeah. for now. So
1: might as well. And, you know, I'm not. I'm certainly not worried about Bailey. I think Bailey's gonna thrive no matter where she goes. She's turned into such a stud. Uh, you know, after her heel turn, I feel like she could be babyface. She could be heel. I feel like Bayley could do anything. Uh, EO, I, I'm interested to see what a babyface EO is. And I I love that they had, uh, that EO and Asuka had the uh, promo off in Japanese. I, I think that's so cool. The more WWE embraces that it's a global product, you know, Heck yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll watch some, some stuff with subtitles. I don't care.
0: I think the fans would absolutely be there for an EO babyface run. They already seem to really kind of like her anyway. And the thing cool. that always works best with ba- with babyfaces is babyfaces do cool things that you like, right? Yeah. Heels do not. They are like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to give it to you. I don't want it to happen. If anybody could deliver cool, memorable, gifable spots, it's EO Sky. And you put her at odds with somebody and just let Eo go be Eo and like be the shining knight that is to the rescue doing, you know, moonsaults off of uh, you know, construction equipment, then yeah, you're you're gonna you're gonna have a star on your hands. I, I think it's a great idea. Uh how I, I it's it would it, it seemed like it would happen pretty quick though. It doesn't seem like this is gonna be a very long title reign for Asuka if if that's what everybody's already talking about already.
1: You know, I think Asuka will be okay. I think we'll all be okay with it. I think I think Asuka got her her cool moment and what a shock to see her defeat Bianca Belair the way that she did. Uh, And, you know, Bianca will find her way back somehow. They'll they'll figure something out. But, man, uh, Io is cool. And it's clear that WWE fans like a woman with an edge, the way that they've responded with Rhea Ripley. And I feel like on the other
0: brand, they're looking for another woman with an edge, and that would be EOSky. Yeah. Uh, and lastly, here, Rhea Ripley. Uh, she's got her brand new title as well. And not much news here. Just basically, the, they say, we are hoping that she makes this title important and goes on to become a big, big star. So I would think she's going to be holding on to this title for quite some time. Uh, and look, nobody's arguing. Everybody, very, very big fans of Rhea Ripley at the moment, it would seem. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I- I I, I was
1: there at WrestleMania when, when she wrestled Charlotte and I got to tell you, nobody really wanted to cheer for that match. The audience was gassed and those two just engaged 80,000 people. It was amazing to watch. I will never forget that match. It was so impressive to me because the audience was just so tired at that point and, and they made everyone care. So I, I look forward to everything Rhea does.
0: Yeah, hundred um, percent. Well, and if you like Rhea Ripley, maybe also like this person, L.A. Knight, uh, widely popular at the moment. It seems with the uh, pro wrestling fans, bet online right now, pegging him as the favorite to win the mo- men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Now, it is an interesting field this year, as has been pointed out. None of the men involved in the in the ladder match this year have been world champions before, so this is the stakes are even higher here. It would seem for everybody involved. I'm not against L.A. Knight winning this because he's obviously very popular, but it would kind of come out of nowhere. Right. I mean, the last time this guy had a pay-per-view match was Royal Rumble in January and he lost to Bray Wyatt. He's done a great job building himself up since, but he really hasn't had any big wins or moments. He's just been getting over saying, yeah, and having people cheer for him. Stranger things have happened in
1: WWE, Nick. Stranger things. But, you know, I got to tell you, you know, when they brought him to Saudi, they were chanting for L.A. night in Saudi. They were chanting for L.A. night in every town the WWE goes to. I don't I think it's getting to the point where it's impossible to ignore. The man is over and they just got to do something with him or figure out where to put him uh are they going to use him to be the almost get that briefcase and then another heel will take it away because you know we all know the best money in the bank winners are heels and la Knight, he presents himself as a heel but the audience loves him we know that you know he's not really a heel
0: yeah I, it's it's very it's like they know they're doing the soft turn with him right now like they gotta know it they, they're they letting him do his thing they're letting the audience kind of decide who he is again i just think it would come a little out of nowhere to have him win money in the bank but you know again the guy's looking for something maybe that could be that something yeah um well yeah. lastly here wonder, in our depth oh go ahead oh i i wonder who his dance partner would be like who is that person? See, that's the thing is, I don't know, because the guy's so, that, he's he's so yeah, he's so adrift. Like, that's why I say it would come out of nowhere. Yeah. It would give him something for other people to kind of get upset with him about. But the guy hasn't really done anything. Like, the, the money in the bank would be a starting place, not the culmination of a build. Like, a guy like Dominic Mysterio or Cody, like, that would make sense. But I think that they looked at those two specifically and said, neither of these men need this briefcase, so why do we just put him in a match? Right, and then that's what they did. I yeah. again, I just think the L.A. Knight thing. It would just come a little out of nowhere. Not against it, but it would be a starting point. It wouldn't be the culmination of like meaningful wins or this guy really deserves it. Or oh my God, how is this guy not in the world title contention right now? That's that's my point. Yeah. Um, all right. Lastly, here, Wrestling Observer Radio just this morning, Dave Meltzer, uh, off the cuff, I guess, uh, said he was talking to some promoter who said that they had to pull Carlito because Carlito had told them. That he is signed with WWE, which would follow up on some reports not long ago, I believe, from PW Insider about how uh, Carlito had been spotted down in the Orlando area, possibly in WWE business. Look, uh, he ain't got much time left to do it. The guy's in great shape. The guy's wildly over. I absolutely 100% advocate for, for Carlito coming back to the fold. What a star. Proved it. Yeah, Proved it.
1: Yeah. He was tremendous. Oh, my gosh. That pop in Puerto Rico was unbelievable. And he looked great. You know, Bruce Pritchard's made no secret of his love of Carlito over the years on his podcast. Uh, I I feel like this makes sense. And I I want him to succeed.
0: I I, I hope this goes well. All right. And our last news item here uh, comes from uh, an interview that James Gunn did with Inside of You. For all of you that have been clamoring for Peacemaker Season 2, we have an update. James said he's going to start in on Peacemaker season two after he finishes filming up superman there's also this other show he's producing called waller it's another dc show a lot of people work on that also work on peacemaker so that's got to finish before they start peacemaker but it's on the way but something not on the way something he has no plans for right now is a sequel to the suicide squad so there you go your peacemaker suicide squad john cena update and as the hollywood guy how do you feel about it
1: man i i love peacemaker i can't wait for them to make more James Gunn, you know, now he's the guy that has taken over the reins of the entire DC universe for Warner brothers discovery. You know, he's coming off of just having his final Marvel film come out guardians of the galaxy three. Uh, and I, I know him and Kevin Feige, uh, have been talking of just like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna now take over this thing against you. What, what do we do? How, what, how does this work? And, uh, I, I think James Gunn has a lot on his plate. And I, I would be interested to see what happens with where WWE ends up on this next television negotiation rights deal and where AEW ends up and how that factors in. How do you so see it all
0: playing out? How do you personally see it playing out?
1: I feel like WWE has got to go to Disney. I feel like that's the wow. end. Okay. I feel like that is the most natural thing. I think you there's know, a I then? think there's
0: a hesitancy there on their end. It would be my thing. I I think between of Vince course. and I think I think having Dana White under the same umbrella, I I, I would think there would be a hesitancy there the there on the brand image of Disney. But you could be very well right.
1: You know, Disney's run a lot of weird brands for years, and that and that's part of what makes me think that it's possible. I I do understand the hesitancy because it's so odd to think of firing up Disney plus and seeing like all these Disney movies, then you switch over to, you know, WWE and seeing mankind. Katie Vick. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. like It it seems odd, but you know what? Gosh, when you look at what the value of WWE content to Peacock, WWE has been a tentpole product for Peacock. They have brought so much eyes to that network and help bring the idea of live video to over the top streaming on, on mainstream you know, streaming services. And I feel like with Disney's ownership of ESPN, as long as they're gonna keep that, I feel like WWE UFC can be a tent pole of Disney sports. Hmm. If Warner Brothers Discovery is going to keep AEW, which I highly think is possible, then what I think we'll start to see is AEW wrestlers in Warner Brothers Discovery shows and films. Like With Disney, they just had Seth Rollins in the new Captain America film. They, they've they already... They had Becky Lynch. I forget if it was in Guardians 3, but she was cut. But like they're...
0: Sasha Jenny, and the Mandalorian, but she's Sasha not with the company. Or Mercedes, yeah.
1: Yeah, like these these things, this is happening. And, and there, a lot of the people that run WWE now used to be in charge of other talent management companies. And so I think what they're looking at, which is something Vince was already doing with Hulk and The Rock in getting a piece of what these guys do after they stop wrestling, so I think what they're going to do is, is they're going to use WWE as a talent feeding system for WWE, for Disney and Marvel movies and Star Wars. And then Warner will use AEW as a talent feeding system for their products on DC and HBO Max and, and you know all the other things that Warner Television makes. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like with the way the entertainment industry keeps going, It doesn't seem like these mergers are going to stop. So it seems to me the most likely scenario is that WWE moves over towards Disney with UFC and becomes that. Now, Universal, Peacock, that's another huge player. And WWE has been involved with NBC, Universal, and Comcast, or whatever you want to call them, for decades. So there is a long relationship with them. I just feel like Disney's got more money. They're going to they're gonna beat them out. We'll see. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll... But it's, you cannot deny the, and I know people are like, oh, the, the TV ratings are down. It's not just the TV ratings, you guys. you got to look at the YouTube numbers. you got to look at the streaming numbers. And, and as those become more and more public, you're going to see that wrestling is a tentpole product for a lot of these media networks. And there's a lot of people watching and, yeah. and, and they watch the ads. They buy the stuff. They're, they're
0: high value viewers. Well, and, that's in the eye of the advertiser. Um. All right. Well, with that, we're going to wrap it up here for today. Uh, thank you, Brian, so much for joining us, chatting all things professional wrestling. I'll be back tomorrow live here on all of the House of Wrestling platforms, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook uh, go check them all out at noon Eastern tomorrow because I'll be doing a fantasy AEW draft or AEW fantasy draft. I think is what I settled on uh, with Second City's EJ Cameron, one of the funniest people I know, much like Brian Wool. Uh, he'll be here. We're going to be. Uh, I'll be representing uh, AEW Collision as the general manager. EJ will be the general manager for Dynamite. I have 18 rounds of drafts picked. All the rules, everything are up at HouseOfWrestling.com. Again, go check that out every day. Please share the articles around. Uh, Also, on Monday, I got a big surprise interview to kick the week off. Of course, I got another one tomorrow. So we got two surprise interviews before I'll talk to you all on Tuesday with the next House of Wrestling episode over on the House of Wrestling podcast feed. And if you do like what we do here, you want to show us support, very, very easy. Don't ask a dime. Just head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a nice review. Give us a nice rating. All that stuff propels us up the charts, and that is what attracts advertisers, helps us sell ads, make money, live, eat, all those wonderful things. Brian, anything that you would like to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap up today? Oh, well, please check out
1: uh, our album for The Wizard of Friendship next week. And, uh, hey, if you're in Europe in July, July 14th, I'll be in Amsterdam for the Boom Chicago Comedy Festival. If you're a Ted Lasso fan, Brendan Hunt, Jason Sudeikis are going to be there. There's uh, uh, Amber Ruffin, uh, Seth Meyers, they're going to be out there. Come on out to Amsterdam in July. We're going to have a great time. Said
0: last, so never heard of him. What an asshole! <laughs> um, the test begins now. Um, all right, everybody. That concludes the show for today. Thank you all so much for dropping by House of Wrestling. Grab your coat, grab your hat, grab your shoes, get out the door. But remember, you're welcome back anytime.